tomb's empty today, aren't you, church? Amen. Praise the Lord for that. You pray for the choir as they sing.
is alive and well. He's still on his throne. Amen. We're the only religion in the world that can say we serve a risen Savior. Hallelujah.
today he's gone. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for Resurrection Sunday. It sure is good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. You glad you're in church today? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, all I can say is God's good, and uh, it's already been a good day. You say, preacher, why has it been a good day? Well, we already had a good sunrise service this morning. It was cold, amen, and some of these ladies didn't have no more sense than to wear open-toed shoes, and they said their feet, it took an hour for their feet to thaw out afterwards, hallelujah. All I can say is y'all ought to have more sense than to know better, praise the Lord. My feet was fine, praise the Lord. But then afterwards, we uh, went out and ate some breakfast, amen. I've been on a diet, but I'm splurging this weekend, amen. So I ate some good biscuits and gravy from Bojangles, some uh, Bow Rounds, hallelujah. Can I get a witness this morning? They give me a double order, amen. I could have snorted them taters right there, amen. I'll pay for it tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, and then I went up to Mom and Dad's. I was running late as it was, but Mom, amen, she tempted me. It's her fault I'm off the bandwagon or off the wagon. And she had, she bought two boxes of um, Peggy Ann donuts. Uh, amen. She bought a dozen of the just the glazed, and that, that'd be bad enough. But then she had a dozen of them chocolate glazed. Amen. I could have just licked that chocolate glaze off all the donuts and let everybody else eat them. Amen. But I had two of them last night and one today. So praise the Lord. That's bad, isn't it? I'm going to. It'll probably be Wednesday before I weigh again. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the Lord's house. If you can't get excited about Resurrection Sunday, uh, you need to get right with the Lord. Amen. I'll tell you, God's good. Uh, appreciate uh, the fact that we do serve a risen Savior. Let's get right into things as we've got a busy, busy day today. But I don't want to get so busy and get in such a hurry that we, that we miss out on what God wants to do for us. No doubt about it, He has a plan for today's service. I do want to remind you that uh, Spring Revival, amen, starts a week from tomorrow night here at United Baptist Church uh, again April the 17th through the 21st, 7 o'clock p.m. Brother Guy Roberts will be preaching for us, uh, amen. Uh, uh, Preacher Roberts is out of Pickens, South Carolina. He's been with us many, many years, and if you've never heard him, uh, you're missing a blessing. You do not want to miss out uh, on these revival services. We'll have special singing each night. Amen. Let's pray for revival. Amen. And uh, have provided, uh, I've got 250 flyers back there at the back, uh, so I want you to take them. Amen. Take them liberally and distri distribute them. Uh, amen. Word of mouth is the best form of advertisement. Take it to your loved ones, your friends, your family members, your co-workers, your neighbors, whoever it is, and let's get the word out about the revival, amen, so we can have a good crowd, amen. But I don't care if it's just me and the preacher. We're going to have ourselves a time next week, I promise. So be praying about that. Ladies Fellowship, luncheon, April the 15th, 12 o'clock, Casa Nostra Restaurant, amen. Uh, pray. I'm not going to say any more about that, but uh, hallelujah. Um, Amen. Uh, we've got a couple of other announcements. I want to say this. I do appreciate those who went with us. Josh and Ashley went with us this past Friday night as we took 34 teenagers to Pizza Inn. Now, friend, if you've never took 34 teenagers to Pizza Inn, you're missing out uh, on a blessing. I'm talking about some excitement. 
And uh, amen, the, the, the waitress asked me, she said, Preacher, are you all right? I, I said, look, I'm just praying that uh, the, the building don't catch fire and burn to the ground. But uh, had a wonderful time with those kids, and uh, I'm thankful for what God's doing in our youth ministry. Amen. Do remember, we'll have special communion service tonight at 6 o'clock p.m. Don't miss that. Amen. And then at the end of today's service, we're going to be opening up the doors for church membership as we have several families that are planning on joining with us, and I'm so excited about that. So do remember these announcements. Anything that I'm missing announcement-wise? Prayer gathering next Saturday, right? Anything else? All right, prayer requests this morning. Continue to remember the Linda Canale family as uh, Linda did pass away former member of our church, and um, they're going to be having her services, I believe, Tuesday at Jeffers, so anybody that would like to go by and pay their condolences to that family, remember Brother Dick and Miss Robin, that entire family, pray for Sam and Barbie, remember Tyler Brown in prayer, remember uh, the Prices, remember Bob and Pat Price, pray for Sean Pierce's mother, remember her in prayer. Uh, continue to remember uh, these young ladies, Noel and Mary, that we were able to minister to at East Tennessee State University uh, uh, a week ago this past Friday night. Remember this family. Let's continue to remember John Whitaker. Pray for my brother-in-law, Chris McCoy, as he did start his treatments um, this week. Pray for the Burton Ward family. Remember Shayla Coggins. Uh, continue to remember Michael Knight in prayer. Uh, remember Otis in prayers. I did talk to him yesterday. Pray for Matt Cutchall and Miss Lula Cutchall. Continue to remember them in prayer. Um, let's pray for the Barbara. Pray for Barbara Caudle. Uh, this is Michelle's aunt and her family. Remember this request. Uh, remember Rayanne Salyers. Remember Miss Lula Cutchall. And uh, we certainly need to pray for all of those who have recently been affected by the weather tragedies, the tornadoes. Also, the shooting victims, uh, you know, it's just about every day now you're seeing some kind of mass shooting all across our country, and the problem's not guns. Can I get a witness? Amen. Uh, so uh, it, it's a spiritual problem. We need the Lord to intervene. Pray for Israel. Uh, I tell you, things are very, very volatile uh, over in the Middle East right now, um, and we just have many, many things to pray about. You may have some that you'd like to add this morning. If so, you can do so at this time. Prayer requests. We need to pray for all these so-called transgenders. Yep. The Lord will bring them to the light of the faith. Amen. Pray for the salvation of those who are confused about their identity. Somebody else today? Brooke Dunbar and Ray Crawford, and remember these requests. Somebody else? Yes, remember uh, little Emma? Scott and Dee's granddaughter, remember her in prayer. Love her dearly. Remember Oakley Boggs in prayer. This is Mike and Grace's grandchild as they're just spreading the love around in that family suffering from a high fever. Remember this child. Someone else? 
Any other prayer requests? Amen. Okay. Remember Luke Buchanan? How many of you know somebody that's lost? Amen. Somebody that's away from the Lord? I'll tell you, church, we need to get a burden for our loved ones. And I don't say that lightly. Time's short, isn't it? Amen. Any, anyone else today? No, go ahead, brother. Amen. Anybody have unspoken requests this morning? Amen. There was another one here. Amen. Amen. Resurrection Sunday is a wonderful time, um, you know, when lost people could potentially visit the church and just pray, not just here at United, but all over our community that, um, amen, people get saved. Uh, that's the answer, isn't it? That's the solution, is salvation. Not just physical resurrection, but spiritual resurrection in the hearts and lives of people. Anyone else? Pray for me this morning as I preach. I need your prayers today. We'll gather around the altar. We'll bring these requests for the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Good to have my dear buddy Josh with us. Lead us in prayer, brother. Father, we do thank you, God, today, Lord, that we could just gather in your house and in your name to worship you. Father, in spirit and in truth, God, Lord, I don't know where I'd be without you, Father, but I'm thankful, Lord, that I get to be in your house today, gathered together with your people, Father, in one mind and one accord, Father. Thank you, Lord. For the empty tomb, thankful, Father, Lord, for a risen Savior, thankful, Lord, for victory, Lord, and hope and salvation, forgiveness of sins, life, power, victory, authority, Lord, hope and health, and we can go on and on, Lord, and think about those things, Lord, that have been provided to us by way of your uh, death, uh, burial, and resurrection. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you, God, for all that you do for us, God. And Lord, I just pray today from the beginning to the end, Lord, that uh, you might be with us, Lord, and I pray that your presence might be real. God, I pray, Lord, today, Lord, that we would not live lives of defeatedness and uh, deadness, Lord, and discouragement. Oh, God, Lord, we have life, we have victory, we have health, we have hope. Lord, we have everything, Lord. By way of what you've done, Lord, bless Lord, your testimonies, the offerings, the prayers, the preaching of our word, the music, Lord, we could go on and on, praising God all over the Lord today. Lord, I pray, Father, to bless Gracious Sunday, bless the offering, bless the testimonies, Lord, the prayers, the praise, the message, the preaching. 
Have a couple of ushers come forward. We'll receive our Sunday morning offering. I do need two children. I need two children, Emma and Laney. Let's go, girls. If you don't volunteer, I'll volunteer you. Children's offering goes to support our missionary ministry. Anthony, you lead us in prayer today, sir. Yes, Lord. God, we just pray that you'll give us here today, Lord, and pour out your blessings. Again, God, we're thankful to get back to you. Just pray that you take this offering and just uh, use it for the upbringing of your kingdom. We love you. We praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Stand all over the house. Take a gold hymnal. Turn to 356. 356. One of my favorite resurrection songs. Because he lives. Amen. I'm thankful for this today. Life's worth living because Jesus is alive and well. Sing with me today. God sent His Son. They called Him Jesus. He came to love. He Sing it out, church. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Do you believe that? Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds. Thank God. Hallelujah. And life is worth the living just because he lives on the second. How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives. Think about it. But greater still, that calm assurance, yes, that child can face uncertain days because Christ lives, all because of Jesus, because he lives. Worship the Lord today, I can face tomorrow. Be because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds 
the future and life is worth the living just because here's the best part and then one day I'll cross the river I'll find life hey it's gonna be all over no war with pain and then as death gives way to victory I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know he lives because he Praise the Lord, church. All fear is gone because I know He holds the future and life is worth the living just because. Sing that chorus one more time. Drop the music because He lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know oh, oh, he holds the future. Worth the living just because he lives. My, my, what a song. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to ask Miss Grace to sing for us today. She's got a song, and I'm excited to hear her sing this. One of my favorites. How many of you will pray that the Lord will calm her nerves? Amen. Amen. The sky shall unfold, preparing his entrance. Stars will applaud. 
face to face. The shout of his coming, the sleeping will rise from the thunder. be changed in a moment, and we shall behold him, then face to
Let's give Miss Grace a hand. And all of that's made possible by way of the resurrection. I'm going to sing one prior to the message today. Go ahead, Mike. Y'all pray for me. got it. Praise the Lord. Glad he's got it. He's got it. The news came to Jesus. Please come fast. Lazarus is sick. And without your help, he will not last. Mary and Martha, watch their brother die. They waited for Jesus, he did not come, and they wondered why. The death watch was over. Buried for days. Somebody said he'll soon be here. The Lord's on his way. Martha ran to him and then she cried. Lord, if you'd been here, you could have healed him. He'd still be alive but you're four days late and all hope is gone Lord we don't understand why you've waited so long but his way is God's way not yours or mine isn't it great when he's four days late he's still on time do you believe that church jesus said martha show me the grave but she said lord you don't understand he's been there four days the gravestone was rolled back. Then Jesus cried. Lazarus come forth. Then somebody said, He's alive, He's alive. He is alive. You may be fighting a battle of fear you've cried to the Lord I need you right now 
but he has not appeared. Friend, don't get discouraged cause he's still the same. You believe that? He'll soon be here. He'll roll back the stone and he'll call out your name when he's four days late. Lord, we don't understand why you've waited so long. But his way is God's way, not yours or mine. And isn't it great when he's four days late, he's still on time. My God is great. But he's four days late. He's still on time. He's still on time. Amen. Thank God I believe that today, don't you? Amen. There's no such thing as our God being late. Amen. His timing is always perfect. He's an on-time God. Amen. Do you believe that today? All right. Well, I'm trying to decide, should we preach or should we go ahead and get our church? Let's do that, all right? Let's get our church membership taken care of, all right? Because I'm afraid if we don't, I'll forget. So that this is important, all right? And uh, I can't think of a better time than right here on Resurrection Sunday than for us to uh, welcome new members into United Baptist Church. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. So if you're presenting yourself this morning for membership here at the church, would you come forward at this time? And don't be bashful. Praise the Lord. Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> Y'all can like turn around and face the crowd. We're not going to shoot you in the back. Good night. It's like they're going before the firing squad or something here. Do what? Present yourselves. Oh, is that right? So let's count this today. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Unlucky thirteen, praise the Lord. But isn't this wonderful to see what God's doing in our church and how He's blessed? He has blessed and we believe He is continuing uh, to bless. So uh, again, we have today, let me just go through this, Abby and Skylar and Robert. All right. Well, we won't even go into that. Stan and Jeannie, Michael and Trevor, Michelle, Denise, help me out here. Who all we got? Evie, Leah, Nash, and Zeke. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. And again, as far as requirements for church membership, uh, again, uh, we just ask that you have 
been saved, you're professing that you have been saved uh, by the Lord's amazing grace, that you either have been or are willing to present yourself for uh, baptism by immersion, and to the best of your ability, you're going to, to uh, walk in fellowship with the Lord. Uh, amen. So, um, listen, I think the best way for us to do this and expedite the process is to do it collectively all at once. Amen. Uh, all right. So, at this time, I entertain a motion that we accept uh, these into the fellowship here at United Baptist Church. Brother Anthony, is there a second? All right. Uncle Kenny seconds it. All in favor, let it be known by the raising of your right hand. Amen. And opposed, no. Motion carries. All right, so what you all need to do is uh, let me know after the fact whether we're doing this uh, by letter, okay? That's the big thing. Uh, but it, I will give you an opportunity. Is there anything that you'd like to share, um, you know, about what God's done in your life, whether it be through salvation or just what, what, what the church means to you? You can do that at this time. Amen, Skylar. Amen. Praise the Lord, brother. It's wonderful. Amen. Somebody else today? Wow. Amen. Welcome to Misfit Baptist, brother. All right. Somebody else today? Don't feel obligated. Wow. Wow. It's wonderful, Michelle. Denise, did you have something? The loud one? She's our favorite, right? How many of you believe the loud one's your favorite? Raise your hand right here. Amen, no doubt about it. Amen. What? Listen, can I just say this? We have to be a pro-family church. Amen. Every family that God brings our way, we have to be in favor of. We've got to be behind them. And uh, amen. I appreciate Denise and the kids and uh, amen. Uh, her desire to raise them according to the things of God. Don't you? Amen. Anybody else today? All right. Let's have a time of fellowship. Uh, I need a pianist. She's on here. Let's gather around. Let's welcome these into the membership. Amen. This is something to celebrate. This is something to be thankful for. Amen.
uncalled for. Now church, that, that, that's something to praise the Lord for today. Amen. We may not be the, the biggest church in Greene County or in the state of Tennessee, I'll tell you, but God's blessing our church and to add 13 new members in one Sunday, uh, let alone Resurrection Sunday, that work, that that makes it worth the entire day, does it not? To God be the glory, great things He hath done. And I'd hate for anybody to uh, try to take credit for it, but Him, He's the one that's worthy, is He not? Uh, quickly, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. You say, preacher, how in the world can you preach uh, through one of the longest chapters in the New Testament quickly? Well, we'll see. Amen. Maybe Josh, maybe I just need to let Josh preach it instead. He said, no, I'm the man. All right. He'd probably get done quicker than I would. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Thank you, Anthony. I knew I could count on you, brother. I'll try my best. <laughs> All right. Tell you what, for sake of time, instead of reading the entire text, all right, let me just choose a, collect, uh, a couple of select verses. Look with me. Um, at verse number 24 of John chapter number 11. Verse number 24 of John chapter 11. If you found your place, say amen. Stand with me as we reverence the Word of God today. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day, speaking of her brother. Verse number 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection, and the life. If you believe that, say amen today. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Amen. And here's the question. Believest thou this? Amen? Amen. The, the most important question you can answer is the one that Jesus posed to Martha right here in what we might refer to as one of the resurrection chapters in the New Testament. Father in heaven, I love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the service thus far. It's been a wonderful day in your house. But Lord, uh, Father, we don't want to neglect, Father, what is the most important time of any service, and that is the preaching of the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. Lord, I pray, Father, that this time would not be a performance or a demonstration of the flesh, but Lord, it would be a time to where we proclaim, thus saith the Lord. Help us to do so through the Spirit, not through the flesh. And God, anoint our uh, lips, Father, that we might be mouthpieces 
Lord, to convey to your people what you have especially prepared for them this day. God, I pray you just um, encourage our hearts, Lord. Uh, strengthen our faith. Draw us closer to you than we've ever been before. Lord, most of all, if there's somebody in our midst today, or there's somebody that might just happen to watch or listen to, uh, Lord, today's service. God, I pray if they're lost that you would just prick their heart and bring them to yourself, impart faith into their life, and help them to answer this question and to receive and to confess Christ as their Savior. Lord, I'm thankful that because of the resurrection, there always is hope for everything we go through and face in life. We'll praise you for what you're going to do. Honor your word. Exalt your son by way of your humbled servant. We'll praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. All God's people said, you may be seated. Let's get right into it today as we study... Um, other than our Lord's personal resurrection, uh, what I consider to be the, uh, uh, the most important and most significant miracle that he performed uh, in and through his entire ministry, the resurrection of Lazarus, demonstrates to us the power of the resurrection. Amen. I'm thankful for the resurrection today, aren't you? Amen. Let's get into these verses. There's a situation, verse number 1 and I'm going to go through some of this quick, and I'm going to uh, uh, you know, dig down into, into what I believe to be the most relevant parts of the text. There's a situation. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Again, this man named Lazarus had a severe life-threatening illness. Uh, again, we don't know whether it came on suddenly or whether it was something that had had uh, been a pre-existing condition in his life for some time, but the point of the matter is that Lazarus was sick, and it was a life-threatening illness that needed, that needed immediate ten attention. Uh, there could not afford to be a delay. It had to happen quickly, or he would die. Now there's a companion, verse number 2, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. You see, all three members of this family were very dear friends of Jesus. They had a personal and an intimate bond with the Savior. So if you would think that if anybody were to command the attention of Jesus, it would be those He was closest to. Amen? Not only that, but we see a reputation, verse 3, Therefore His sisters sent unto Him, saying, Lord, behold, He whom Thou lovest is sick. Now, uh, this is something we find at least three times in the chapter, the statement that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. How many of you believe the Lord loves us today? But I want to say to you that there are times in our lives, even as Christians, to where we might, um, from a, a physical standpoint, have a reason to question the reality of God's love. And, and, and there were times to where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were tempted in this story to question the love of their Savior. They really and truly believed that the Lord loved both them and their brother. But before it was over, their confidence in the love of Christ would be both tested and shaken. And friend, I want to just say to you today that in our lives, there are times to where the things we go through will cause us to question our Savior's love. All right, let's get the halos off of our head for a moment, all right? 
How many of you have, have uh, been guilty of questioning the Lord's love? Amen? Well, if you haven't so far, you probably will. Uh, and, and yes, you say, is that wrong? Well, it is wrong. It, it is a demonstration of the weakness and the frailness of our own flesh to question the reality of the Savior's love because if anything that is emphasized throughout the Scriptures, it's the fact that God loves us. For God so loved the world that He gave it. But God commendeth His love towards us. We know God loves us simply because of what the Bible says. And then the fact that if, that if we really and truly believe that Jesus died in our place and for our sins, uh, why would we even think about questioning the reality of our Savior's love? Yet when we go through things in life, when things don't make sense to us, anybody know what the preacher's talking about? When life seems unfair, when what God does or allows seems unjust. Now notice I didn't say it is unjust, I said it seems unjust. If you're not careful, you'll say, well, Lord, I thought you said you loved me. Amen? See, the circumstances of life, if we're not careful, will cause us to question the reality of our Savior's love. But we see an emphasis made throughout this story of the fact that Jesus, hey, before it was all said and done, He was going to prove to this family that He really and truly did love them. Friend, you just give God time and when it's all said and done, you won't doubt the reality of His love. I believe that when every one of us stand before Him in, in glory, there's one thing we will not be able to do and that's point a finger of accusation against our Savior and said, I thought you said you loved me. Oh no, my friend, when you're standing in glory, amen, having all of the, the, the faults and flaws of your flesh and, and being removed from all the pain and problems of life, you'll say, hey, uh, amen, you, you really meant it, didn't you? You said you loved me, and now it's real. Hallelujah. Praise His name. Now there's a glorification, verse 4. When Jesus heard that, He said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. I guarantee you, and again, let's try to put ourselves in this situation. If we were Mary and Martha, and we knew that Jesus was a dear friend of ours, and there was no doubt, and we see they confess uh, on multiple times throughout our text, the fact that they really believed that Jesus could have healed their brother. They, they, they believed, no doubt, Lord, if you'd been here, he'd still be alive. Right? Uh, amen. Uh, but, but listen, so I promise you there were times to where they probably asked, why did you let this happen? Amen? Uh, you've heard me say before, is there anything wrong with asking the Lord why? Well, yeah, as long as you don't demand an answer. Because God's not obligated to, to, to explain why He does what He does. And why He allows the things in our lives to happen. To, uh, amen. But listen, I promise you there were times throughout this story, Lord, why would you let... Can I say to you that regardless of what it is in your life, one thing you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt as to why this is happening, it's that the Lord might get glory out of it. It's for His glory. Friend, I want to say this morning that the number one priority for your existence, including your salvation, is not for your welfare or well-being. It's for His glory. 
And, and, and contrary to what the prosperity preachers would tell us, amen, sometimes God can get more glory out of your sickness than He can your healing. Amen? Sometimes God can uh, uh, get more uh, glory out of your despair than He can your deliverance. He can get more glory out of your valley than He can your victory. Amen. But I'm telling you, friend, it's all about His glory. And when you begin to wonder, why, Lord, would you let this happen? Why would you let me go through this? I promise you, one answer to everything you face in life as to why it takes place is that so He might get glory out of it. Amen. Isn't that good? Amen. Praise the Lord. See, the fact of the matter is, sometimes we know it, we just don't want to accept the truth. Now there's a compassion. Now Jesus loved Martha. See the, see the repetition? Jesus loved Martha and her sister. You know, that's something you need to do. You say, preacher, what would be good for me? Sing that song every day of your life. Jesus loves me, this I know. Anytime the old devil comes, jumps up on your shoulder and begins to whisper, I thought you said he loved you. I thought you said, he, hey, listen, uh, he said he'd be there for you. Now he's nowhere to be found. Amen? Uh, amen. Uh, he said he'd provide for you. Then why do you have this need? Just start singing, Jesus loves me. Amen. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the reality of our Savior's love. Friend, one thing that cannot be debated or questioned in spite of everything we face in life is the fact that God loves us. Maybe you need to hear that today on Resurrection Sunday. I know that's elementary, but it's still true, and it's still powerful. In fact, I believe it is one of the most powerful truths in the Bible that we ought never be able to get over is the fact that God loves us. Do you know there's a world full of people that don't know that? There's people all over this world. In fact, I'd go so far to say there's people all over Greenville, Tennessee in our community. Whether they be homeless, whether they be less fortunate, whether they be young people that's got a raw deal and a bad hand in life. Man, I have no reason to question the reality of God's love after what He's done for me, how good He's been. Amen? But there, the fact of the matter is there's people that do not believe or don't know that God loves them. Friend, whether you believe it or not, Jesus loves you. That's what we did, wasn't it, a couple Friday nights ago? Everybody said, oh, you're going up there to protest and to spread hate. I literally had a lady that told me, she said, uh, can't believe you took those signs up there. Well, you know what those, they were just scriptures. Amen. While that, while that little Muslim fella was uh, waving his rainbow flag in my face, all I was doing was, Jesus loves you. Amen. That's right. And that's what we've got to do. Amen. We've got to proclaim the most foundational truth in all of God's Word. And that is, uh, even though we'll never be able to understand it, explain it, or figure it out, God is in the center-loving business. <laughs> Boy, you could be a millionaire if you'd ever figure that one out, why God would love sinners. You say, well, preacher, I, I can't figure out why He'd love you. Well, I can't figure out why He'd love you. 
Amen. At least we're both in the same boat, praise God. But I'm glad He loves us today. Aren't you thankful for the love of Christ? That's shouting ground right there. Man. Hesitation. Here's where it gets hard. This ain't fun. But it's part of God's will and it's always a part of His plan. The hesitation. Do you know God's in the procrastinating business? <laughs> yep, yeah, man. Verse 6, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. See, Jesus did not answer immediately, but he instead chose to wait, to hesitate, and to delay his arrival. Now on the surface, I'm sure this seemed, this seemed to Jesus' friends, those who were close acquaintances of his, to be somewhat inconsiderate, uncaring, and non-compassionate. But Jesus had a reason for the delay. Friend, just because He hasn't answered your prayer yet, doesn't mean that He's not going to answer. Just because He's not met your need yet, doesn't mean that when it's all said and done, there won't be an answer. Amen? Can I say to you, Helps on the way. How many of you believe that today? You say, well, preacher, I needed it yesterday. Well, it just might not have been according to the Lord's timing. Now, God, can I, let me say this to you today. I'm just trying to mind the Lord. God is not a God of time. He doesn't, he, he, the Lord our God. See, we are confined and constrained by time. And if you're like me, you'd say that time's one of your greatest enemies. But God is not restricted by time. The Bible says a day is of a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day with the Lord. But you know what He is? He's a God of time, meaning. Uh, have you ever done something, you know, when it comes to you know, making decisions and choices, it's not just about the what it's, or the how, it's about the when. And friend, you can get the what right and you can get the how right, but if you mess the when, you might as well as just blew the whole deal. Amen? Sometimes we can be too late. Anybody know what it is to be late? Amen? Anybody know what it is for your pastor to be late? Praise God. Anybody? Hey, you can be too early. You can get ahead of God. You can, God can say, wait, and you say, no, I'm going to... Amen, I'm going I'm to jump the starting line. Amen, the horse gets out of the gate before the gun goes off. Can I get a witness? Amen, it's just as bad to, to, to go too early than it is to be too late. But friend, God never has been early and He's never been late. He's always right on time. In time, on time, every time He's right on time. You say, but I don't like to wait. Well, get over it. I mean, waiting is a part of the plan of God. You say, preacher, do you like it? No, I don't. I wish if I was God, I'd have done it differently. But I ain't God. He is. And for whatever reason, part of His plan for growing and maturing our lives and strengthening faith in our lives, He knows that spiritual maturation comes through the process of waiting. Wait on the Lord. 
Stand still and see the salvation. You know, that's what we need to do. We need to spend more time standing still. Amen. And trying to make, quit trying to make salvation on our own. Let God be God. Let God do what God wants to do. Amen. Wait for Him to fix it rather than to try and fix it ourselves. Wait on the Lord. Amen. Uh, be patient. Preacher, you're a hypocrite, I know. I'll hit the altar when you do. Hallelujah. Amen. But waiting and a delay and a hesitation was part of the process. Oftentimes, God will involve a delay that requires us to wait for our needs to be met and our prayers to be answered. God's timing is always perfect. He's never too late. He's never too early. When He shows up, He shows up right on time. And friend, if God has not shown up in your life and in your time of need, you just keep waiting. Are you willing to wait Him out? Huh? How long are you willing? You see what happens, the longer we wait, the weaker our faith gets. You ever been stood up? Huh? Anthony never stood you up, Joanne. I mean, when you snapped your foot, when you jumped, he said, how high? Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going I'm to go over here. <laughs> Amen. Hey, listen, you know, when you're waiting on somebody, the longer they take to show up, the less, you, the less confidence you have that they're going to show up. If they're one or two minutes late, yeah, they're coming. They must just got stopped at the train tracks or something. But hey, if it's been an hour and they still ain't there, <laughs> they probably ain't coming. I know Maria knows what it is to be stood up because I stood her up about three weeks ago. I mean, we planned lunch, amen. Uh, I mean, you'd, you'd think that one thing the preacher would never forget about is a lunch appointment. But about an hour after I was supposed to meet her, and she's my aunt, so I can have a lunch date with her if I want. Say amen right there. Amen. About an hour later, she said, was your lunch good? I said, oh, my goodness. See, the longer we wait, the weaker our faith gets. Hey, listen, let me challenge you today. Wait God out and see what happens. He'll come through. Amen. Hmm. Oh, I'm getting some help today. You may not. There's an intention. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. See, this decision initiated the events of the last week that led right up to the Lord's crucifixion. Friend, what we got to understand is that when it comes to the ways and workings of God in our lives, why God does what He does, when He does it, how He does it, it's not just about us. He's probably got other people in mind too. See, when Jesus went to Bethany, He was literally... Uh, amen, introducing, or he was, uh, amen, he was uh, kicking off the last week of his life, which would lead to his crucifixion. Uh, kind of like when he, uh, when he turned the water into wine, Mary said, listen, let's get this show on the road. He said, mine hour's not come yet. We've got to understand, when it comes to why God does what He does, when He does it and how He does it, it's usually not just about us. You say, well, I mean, I need him to go, I need him to come through right now. Well, maybe somebody else needs him to wait. 
it's not just about you. It's about others. It's hard for us to see that, isn't it? Reservation. Verse 8, His disciples said unto Him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again. They knew Jesus would be taking a risk by going back into Judea. How many are thankful that the Lord's willing to take risks to meet our needs? Desperation, verse 9 and 10, Jesus answered, There are not twelve hours in the day. If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. Jesus had an urgency realizing that his time was running out as far as his earthly ministry. He knew that the moment that they crucified him, amen, dark, the light would be gone and dark. Hey, listen, he knew he better get it done while he had the chance. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. Know ye not that I must be about my father's business. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Christ was more concerned about the... Now, it didn't seem to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus that way. But Jesus was more concerned about their well-being than He was His own personal safety. He was willing to put Himself at risk on on behalf of somebody He loved. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to risk your own well-being or your own welfare for somebody that has a need? Do you know that's, what, that's the reason why a lot of lost people don't believe that God really loves them? They've never seen evidence of the love of God. You know whose responsibility it is to show them tangible proof and evidence that Jesus loves them? You. The, the, the greatest love that a man has is to lay down his life for his friends. Who are you willing to risk your own welfare to meet their need? It's called the sacrificial love of Jesus. Revelation, verse 11 through 14, I'm I'm hurrying. These things said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his own death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. See, Jesus knew all along that Lazarus would die and that the death of his friend was a part of his plan. God wanted to take what seemed like a tragedy and turn it into a triumph. He wanted to take a mess and make a miracle out of it. He wanted to take this family's burden and transform it into a great blessing in and through their lives. Sometimes God will, and it almost seems sadistic to us, it almost seems like God is some sadistic creature that actually takes pleasure in our suffering. That is the furthest thing from reality. But you know, sometimes God will extend things and let things go as far as they possibly can go. And the reason He does that is so that when the miracle happens, nobody can get credit out of it but Him. I mean, Lord, what you did, ain't no man could do. God is the God of the impossible. Sometimes He will put you, He will intentionally allow you to end up in an impossible situation so He can turn the tables on the devil and do what nobody else can do. I don't care what you're facing, what you're going through right now, friend. Your God is able. 
to meet your need. No matter how impossible it may seem. There's a demonstration. Verse number 15, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go into Him. See? Again, we find the reason why. This, that's one of the most fascinating things about this story is it shows us all kinds, it gives us all kinds of insight into why God does what He does. We've already seen how it's for His glory. But now, He's arranging all of the, the details so that when He performs a miracle, it will increase not only the faith of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, but also it will strengthen the faith of the disciples as well. Could it be that the Lord's letting you go through whatever it is you're going through? You're in this situation for such a time as this. Not only that God may use it to strengthen your faith, but that others, their faith may be stronger as well. See, that's why we've got to be so sensitive to what, you know, can I, can I just share this with you today? And, and I, take this, I take this from Romans chapter 11, the last couple of verses. You need to read the last three or four verses of the book of Romans chapter 11. It talks about what God knows, the fact that God knows everything, the fact that God can do everything, and the fact that God possesses all things. Uh, in other words, God has what He has and He does what He does because He knows what He knows. God knows all things. God sees things from a different standpoint than you do. You and I, we only have part of the story. Like Paul Harvey said, let me tell, tell you the rest of the story. God sees what we don't see. God knows what we don't know. And we must, when it comes to trusting uh, what He does and His plans and His purposes for our lives, if you're going to be able to trust what God does in your life. You're going to have to trust what God knows about your life. i got no news for you. He knows more than you do. And He can be trusted. And, and, and I promise you, if He's not meeting your need uh, immediately and instantly, there's a reason for it, and it is the right reason. You know, the, sometimes the worst thing God could do is to bless us too early. I, I, I mean, when you was growing up, did your mom and dad ever, ever uh, make you wait on something? I mean, something you want, and I'm trying to fit this in, but something you wanted really, really bad and something that you just thought you could not live without. Oh, I got the perfect illustration. Hallelujah. When you was, lit, you was young, why, Mom and Daddy, why won't you let me date when I'm 12, 13 year old? I mean, I need a boyfriend or a girlfriend right now, this moment. No, just wait a little while. By the way, <clears throat> 40 or 41 at best, youngins. Ain't that right, Josh? Hallelujah. Praise God. Why did they do that? Because they, Mom and Dad knew what's best. And they know things and they see things and they understand things from experience that at the time you think they're crazy. 
But then when you get a little older, you say, man, they knew what they was talking about. Same thing with God. God does what He does based upon the fact that He knows what He knows. And I promise you, if He's waiting and hesitating to come through and meet your need, it's because He knows something you don't know regarding what you need. Boy, I'm getting help today. You may not be, but I am. Amen. Distraction, verse 16, then said Thomas, which is called Didymus. This is the same dude that doubted him after he rose from the dead. Unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Listen, it would have been easy for the disciples to allow the danger, the outside noise, and the extenuating circumstances to distract them and cause them to miss out on the blessings of a miracle. We must not let the devil distract us from missing out on a miracle because we are distracted by all of the outside noise going on in this world. How many of you believe we live in a day where God can still perform miracles? How many of you believe today that God can still do great and mighty things on behalf of His people? How many of you believe today that God has put this little brick church on the corner of Buckingham and Pinto Road here for such a time as this. How many of you believe that even though that we're living in dark days, God has placed everyone here for a reason and He is entrusting us with the important job of doing His work right before He comes back and takes us to heaven. Don't let all the outside noise distract you from seeing God do a great and a mighty miracle in your life, in spite of the danger, in spite of the uncertainty, in spite of the things you that are out of your control and beyond your ability to handle. God is, do you know that the most prime climate for God to perform a miracle is in the darkest situation? Amen. The more bleak your life is, the more ripe and ready you are to see God do something great. Amen. I sound like Joel Osteen today. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Ramification, verse number 17. Then when Jesus came, He found that He had been laid in the grave four days already. See, the fact that Jesus waited and allowed Lazarus to be dead for four days made the potential for a miracle that much more impossible. I've already said it, God often waits until things are impossible for man to show just how possible they still are for Him. God is able to make possible that which seems impossible to us. A harmonization, verse 18, Now Bethany was nine to Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. Again, everything was coming together. This wasn't just about Lazarus, this was about the crucifixion. It was very much in the Lord's hands and in His control. How many of you believe God's still in control? Consolation, verse 19, And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Mary's friends rallied around her to comfort her during her time of need. We need to do the same. Do you know there are some things that you cannot get through without the concern and the care of others? I want to be there for my brethren during their time of need because there may be a time when I need somebody to be there for me during my time of need. A devotion, verse 20, Then Martha 
as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met Him. Martha did not let her heartache and disappointment distract her from getting near and drawing close to Jesus. Do you know where you need to go to? The harder the trials, the, the more intense the suffering, uh, amen, the more uh, fearful the environment of your life is, you know where you need to run to Jesus. You need to get as close to Jesus as you possibly can, even when you don't understand Him, even when, uh, amen, your circumstances say, uh, I should not trust Him, even when it seems as if He's let you down by not coming to you during your trial, when you think He should come to you, still you need to draw nigh to Jesus and let Him draw nigh to you. See, why this is important is because we see the exact opposite taking place in Mary's life. See, now here the roles are reversed. There's another story shortly thereafter to where we find Mary, Martha, and Lazarus sitting with Jesus, fellowshipping with Him. And the Bible says that Martha was cumbered about with much service, yet Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. And Martha rebuked her sister for letting her do all the work, and Jesus turned it around and rebuked Martha and said, Mary, your sisters chose the better part. Why are you cumbered about with much service? So in that situation, Mary is the one who exemplifies faith. But in this situation, the roles are reversed, and Martha is the faithful one. I mean, look what it says about Mary right here. Y'all enjoying this today? See, in verse 20, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming... She went to meet Him. That's the attitude we should all have. Anywhere where Jesus is at, that's where I want to be. But Mary sat still in the house. Mary chose to withdraw herself from the Lord because she was hurt. Maybe even bitter and might have felt a little betrayed. It's like she was making a statement. Don't you be crucifying Mary. You ever done it? Well, Lord, if that's the way you're going to be, I ain't, I, I'm, just going to, I'm not going to pray. I'm going to stay out of my body. I'm not coming to church because I've been hurt. Huh? Withdrawing yourself from the Lord's presence because you don't understand. See, if you're not careful, you're going to miss out on what God's trying to do. Mary was in danger of missing out because she was reacting to her trial, her hurt, her pain, by withdrawing herself from the Lord's presence. She sat still in the house instead of going out to meet Jesus. Realization, verse 21, Then said Mary, or Martha, unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. We, don't, don't view this as an accusation. This was a statement of faith. Lord, I know that if you'd have been here, you could have healed my brother. She recognized that Christ could have previously helped her brother's condition. But listen, it ain't going to help you one bit to acknowledge what God could have done for you in the past. Do you believe He can do what He wants to do for you right now in the moment? Do you know if He was able to do it for you yesterday or a week ago, He can do it today? Did you know that if He could do it before you received the bad news, He can still do it after you received the bad news? Your circumstances change, but the power and the ability and the capability of your God is still the same. 
conviction, verse 22, but I know that even now, do you get this? What faith? I mean, do you understand the faith of Martha? Lord, even now, whatsoever that will ask of God, He'll give it to thee. Do you know, I believe that Martha's faith more than anybody else is responsible for her brother's resurrection. Do you know that your faith could be the ultimate deciding factor on whether or not your loved ones experience a resurrection? Amen? Uh, the, 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 the man that was carried to Jesus and let down through the roof by his friends, when it was all said and, Jesus, when it was all said and done, Jesus said, Their faith hath made you whole. Did you know, friend, that your faith could greatly depend on whether or not your loved one goes to heaven or hell? Mm. That's strong, isn't it? Conviction. We have already saw that affirmation. Verse 23. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. He's making a promise that she could depend on. But you see, we've got to make sure that we understand the promises of God and that we don't mis, uh, misapply them. She said, the resurrection, I know that he shall rise again in the res resurrection at the last day. I'm glad for that, aren't you? I'm glad that my loved ones, I have hope today through the resurrection that one day those that I love and am currently temporarily separated from, they shall rise again because Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection. Because he arose, we shall rise again. As well. Amen. Identification. I am the resurrection and the life. He was identifying himself as being the resurrection and life. Because he was the giver and the provider of life. Christ had the power to bring Lazarus back to life. And this was nothing but a precursor of what he was going to do a week later. When he resurrected his own body. From the dead. How many of you believe he is the resurrection and the life? Transformation. This is what resurrection power does. Can I say to you today that resurrection power does not leave you in the same condition? Amen? He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He that believeth in me, though he were lost, now he is found. He that believeth in me, though he were blind, now he can see. Jesus makes the difference. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. You know what? The Bible refers to it as resurrection power as dynamite, dunamis. The dynamite power of God. You tell me you can't experience that and you're going to, there's not going to be a change. People say, oh, I believe in Jesus intellectually and philosophically. Yeah, but has your life ever been changed? Are you still the same way you used to be? Oh, what a difference when Jesus passed by. I can't explain it, but I, and I cannot tell you why, but oh, what a difference. I was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. Somebody say amen in the house today. You know, He can reverse your situation. He can perform a spiritual resurrection in your life. There's a continuation in whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Now that's the best benefit of all of the resurrection, everlasting and eternal life. 
Spiritually speaking, I'm going to live forever. Amen. Confrontation, believest thou this? That's the question. Do you really believe Christ is who He says He is? And not just do you believe it, but have you experienced the consequences, the results, and the life-changing effects of the power of the resurrection? There's a confession. She saith unto Him, Yea, Lord, I believe that Thou art the Christ, the Son of, the, of God, which cometh into the world. A public confession. See, Martha had already proven her faith by the fact that even during her time of brokenness, she still made the right decision to run to Jesus. She still proved or trusted the fact, even though that she was broken, even though she was wounded, even though her flesh might have felt betrayed, still she ran to Jesus. But she was publicly confessing it. Amen? Which is important. She publicly confessed what she already believed previously or personally and privately. There's an invitation, verse 28, and when she had so said, she went away and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come, and he calleth for thee. What a precious, intimate time this is. Mary. Both ladies were hurt, but it seems as if Mary was more broken than her sister. To the point to where maybe she just had lost a little faith and trust. In the miracle worker. Oh, he'd proven himself to her and to others, but now it's almost as if she'd let him down. But even in spite of the wavering nature of her faith, Jesus still invited her to come into him. Maybe you're here today and you're broken, and I'm not just talking to the audience, I'm talking to those who may be watching or listening today. I'm telling you, I don't care what condition you're in. Amen. You may have forsaken Jesus. You may have abandoned Him. You may have withdrawn yourself from the presence of a loving God, but He's still there saying that if any man come unto Me, I will in no wise cast out. Come unto Me all ye that labor. He still was willing to welcome Mary into His presence. And here's why. A reaction. As soon as she heard it, she arose and came unto Him. She didn't wait. She didn't resist. She didn't hesitate. Mary immediately ran towards Jesus. That's what you need to do today is run to Jesus. If not, she'd have missed out on a miracle. Friend, the most dangerous thing you can do in life when you've been hurt is to withdraw yourself from the presence of the Lord because that's the devil's attempt to rob you of the real miracle that God wants to perform. Congregation 30 and 31, now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but he was in that place where Martha met him. Let me just quickly say that Jesus was going to make sure that this was not a private miracle. This was going to be a public uh, display that was going to turn Jerusalem upside down on its head. In fact, it was going to be so great and it was going to be so uh, well publicized, amen, that the thousands and even millions of Jews who had gathered in Jerusalem for the Passover, the talk of the town is what Jesus had just done irrefutably and undeniably a few days earlier in Bethany. Lamentation. 32, then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw Him, she fell down at His feet saying unto Him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. I say, preacher, what do you make of this? She was just broken hearted. Over her brother's death. 
She was just desperately crying out, Jesus, if you'd have been here, I know you could have made the difference. She was heartbroken. The devil had robbed her of all hope. Seemed as if there was no remedy for the situation. Now there's a comprehension, 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, isn't that something? That Jesus sees our weeping? And the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit, and he was troubled. Jesus felt Mary's pain. He sympathized with her. He was touched by the feelings of her infirmity. Friend, whatever you do, don't ever let the devil convince you that Jesus doesn't care. Consideration, 34, and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus cared enough and was concerned about, in spite of everything that was going on around him, he knew that he was only a week away from offering his life up on Calvary, but yet he still took time to be concerned over the needs of those he cared about. You could never inconvenience Jesus. Amen? Don't ever let the devil make you feel guilty of asking the Lord to help you during your time of need. There's an emotion. Jesus wept. He cared and He wept over Lazarus' death. When we weep, Jesus weeps. Hallelujah! Realization then said to the Jews, Behold how he loved him. When it was all said and done, Jesus proved his love for the family. There was a time that they questioned his love, but when it was all over, everybody knew there that the, loves, uh, that the Lord's love for Lazarus, for Mary, and for Martha was genuine, real, and sincere. You just wait him out, friend, and when it's all said and done, he'll prove the fact that he really loves you. Man, I could settle down and preach for two hours. Preacher, I'm hungry. Me too. Accusation. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Some accused Jesus of not doing as much as he could have or should have done for the family. But when it was all said and done, he would do more than they could ever imagine. Lord, you, you could have done more. You should have done more for me. Just wait him out and say he'll do more than what you could ever imagine. Isn't that great? An obstruction, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, come to the cave, it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Don't you miss this? The stone was hindering Christ from performing a miracle. What is it in your life that's hindering you from getting the help that you need? What stone has to be rolled out of the way? What hindrance? What obstruction? What is it that is holding you back from keeping God from doing in your life? The amazing. Do you know everybody's got a stone? Huh? What's your stone today? What is it that has to be rolled away from your life to get the obstruction out of the way? Amen. That'll just blaze the trail and open up the way for a channel of God's blessings to be poured out in and upon you. Eradication. <laughs> Whatever it is, Jesus said, take away the stone. In order for the miracle to happen, the stone had to be rolled away. What stone exists in your life that's keeping you from experiencing a miracle? Verse 39, there's a deterioration. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith in him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. You know why they didn't want to 
roll the stone away. Because rolling away the stone would expose the stench and the smell of death. When we all roll away the stone, the stench and the stink of our sin will be, removed, will be revealed. See, that's what the stone represents. It represents the covering up of our sins that are hindering us and keep up, keeping us from, from experiencing a miracle. Amen? Sometimes we've just got to expose the stench and the smell and the stink of our sin. Let it be what it is. Get it out for it to be smelled. Get the skeletons out of your closet. Get the dust out from under the rug and say, here it is. I'm laying it down. I'm getting rid of it. Amen. So that which is dead can be made alive again. Hallelujah. Glory to God today. Culmination, Jesus saith unto her, verse 40, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. The defining moment for Martha, she had the faith. She had already proved it. But the defining moment for Martha had to do with whether or not she was willing to roll the stone away. Do you know, sometimes faith, and boy, this is a statement, you'd think faith would be enough. But what about your stubborn will to roll away the stone, to reveal the stench and to remove that which is hindering you from experiencing the fullness of God's blessing? Mm. Oh, I've got faith! But my stubborn will is stronger than my faith. My love for sins stronger than faith. I'd rather hold on to whatever it is that I'm holding on to than I would experience a miracle of resurrection power in my life. Would you not agree with me today, church, that most of us are living far below, of our, below our potential? And a lot of times it's simply because we won't let go, roll away the stone and get rid of the stench. <clears throat> Submission. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. They were willing to obey Jesus even if His instructions did not make sense. I guarantee you, can I say to you today that rolling away the stone's not always a pleasant experience? You don't think that that smell come, I mean, knocked them down? Amen? See, that's just more proof of the fact that the miracle was real because they smelled the rot and the filth. By the way, we don't need to be afraid of the, the rot and the filth and the stench that exist in other people's lives. We don't need to be afraid of rolling away the stones in other people's lives so that they might experience a miracle, but sometimes in order to do it, you must be exposed to the stench of their sin. Isn't that right? Oh, the Lord's helping me preach today. Verse 41 and 42 appreciation Jesus lifted up his eyes and said father I thank thee that thou hast heard me and I knew that thou hearest me always but because of the people which stand I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me Christ thank the Lord in advance for what he knew God was going to do <laughs> that's that prayer circle you've been talking about pops pray in a circle around whatever it is you believe that that God is going to do thanking him in advance believing and claiming it as if it were already done 
Because it's what his word said. Jesus already said, your brother's going to get up out of there. And he was thanking God in advance for it. Declaration. When he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus spoke his word and commanded Lazarus to come forth. The same word that spoke the worlds into existence. The same word that one day will slay all the enemies at the battle of Armageddon. The power of His Word. All Jesus had. You think about this, friend. Do you know how powerful the words of that book that you hold in your lap today are? Has the power to bring a dead man back to life. Jesus said, Lazarus! He didn't do it timidly either. He did it authoritatively. Lazarus, come forth. And friend, I'll tell you one thing. There wasn't no demon in hell that was keeping that dead body from coming out because His Word spoke it. And when His, spoke, when his Word authoritatively declared life to be breathed into Lazarus' body, that old dead, rotting, <laughs> stinky-smelling carcass got up off that slab. Huh? You believe that today? I believe it happened. Hey, I can't believe in the resurrection of Jesus if I don't believe in the resurrection of Lazarus. Somebody said, well, why did he call Lazarus by name? Well, if he didn't have a grave in the world, would have burst open. Amen. But he called him by name. How many of you remember when the Lord called you by name and spoke life into your, your dead body? <laughs> Christ performed the literal resurrection. He that was dead came forth captiv captivation, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. We don't have time to get into this. We studied it this past Sunday night, the grave clothes. Do you know you can be alive and still be bound? Huh? See, it, maybe it's a stone that's hindering you, but maybe it's the grave clothes. Maybe God's given you life, but I mean, you're still bound in the grave clothes and you need to be loosed. It's called the process of sanctification. Amen. Liberation. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Somebody had to let or help Lazarus get out of the grave clothes. Who are you willing to help get out of the grave clothes today? Are you willing to deal with those nasty Stinky rags that, that are wrapped around somebody. Well, I'm thankful that there's people that cared enough about me in my life to help me, were willing to help me get out of the grave clothes. Amen? You say, what is that? That's a spiritual intervention. Helping somebody else who's not able to help themselves. Distinction, and we're through. Thank God, hallelujah. <laughs> 45 and 46. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on Him, but some of them went their way to the Pharisee and told them what things Jesus had done. How will you re react and respond to Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? He is the resurrection and the life. Amen? He's able to do everything for you that you need Him to do. But I promise you if He does it, it'll be according to His will and it'll be in His timing. Not when you want it, but when He says it. Are you willing to wait Him out? 
Even though you may be hurt today, maybe you're broken, maybe you're, 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 you're wounded. And because of that, you are in danger or maybe you already have withdrawn yourself from the Lord's presence. Friend, the best thing you can do is even when you don't understand what God does, be a Martha and not a Mary. Run to the presence of Jesus and just get ready and watch Him perform a miracle. Let's all stand today. Miss Grace, you come. <clears throat> Father in heaven, I love you. Lord, I did my best to preach it as fast as I could. 44 verses of a whole lot of territory to cover. Lord, I pray we didn't say you short. On this Resurrection Sunday, I pray that we've been able to provide a practical application. Lord, we don't understand the ways and workings in our lives, why you do what you do, when you do it, how you do it. And Lord, the more time we spend trying to figure it out, the more of a headache it'll give us. Lord, help us to just trust who you are. Lord, not a, a, there wasn't a moment in this story that you were not perfectly in control of the situation. And Lord, if you were in control of Mary and Martha's situation, you are ours as well. Lord, maybe there's somebody here today that needs to experience a resurrection in their life. It's not whether or not they prayed or professed Jesus, but has there been a time when they went from being dead to being alive? Father, maybe there's somebody here today that's withdrawn themselves from your presence because they've been wounded. You feel as if, they feel as if you've let them down. God, I pray that you'd help them to run to Jesus. Trust you. Wait you out. Take you to task. See whether or not you'll do for them what you said you'd do. Prove yourself faithful. Lord, when it's all said and done, they won't be talking about what you could have done or what you should have done. But Lord, they'll be saying, look what the Lord's done. God, you'll do more for them than they could ever imagine. Father, you'll far exceed their expectations. They're, all they're doing is looking for a healing. You want to perform a resurrection. God, help us not to shortchange you. Father, maybe there's somebody here today that's got a stone that's standing in between themselves and a miracle. Father, you say they know your will. They know what's required. And that is they've got to roll the stone away. But Lord, it's what's hidden behind the stones, the problem. They'd rather the, the filth and the stink and the stench to be covered, out, covered up rather than to just let it out. God, what they don't realize is that they're doing themselves a disservice. that they'd rather keep the stone covering up the stink and the stench of their sins rather than to let it, let it go and watch you perform a miracle. God, I pray if there's somebody here today that needs to roll away the stone, help them to do it. And watch what you do. Father, maybe somebody else is dependent upon our faith. Maybe somebody, Lord has been given life, but they need liber liberation. 
Maybe we need to help them take the grave clothes off. God, help us to never get to that place to where we're not willing to help others roll the stone away and unwrap the grave clothes off of their life. It's messy, it's dirty, it's filthy, it's nasty. But Lord, somebody was willing to do it for us, so we ought to be willing to do it for others. Blessed during the invitation, if somebody needs to come, help to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to come, the altar's open. You mind the Lord today.